0: Hello, and welcome to the Boston University Center on Forced Displacement podcast, a podcast highlighting interdisciplinary research, discussion, and education about forced displacement, one of the major moral imperatives of our time. Hey, I am Baden Wright, the Events and Communication Specialist at CFD, and just for today, I can add podcast hosts to my normal list of roles. Don't worry, Chandra will be back next time. Um, I've taken over this week to talk about the Force Displacement Summer School held last summer in Belgrade, Serbia. Um, I also have the pleasure of introducing Mihal Kari a research fellow with CFD, Shay Walker, senior religion student at BU, um, both of whom participated in last year's program. Hey guys, how are you? Hi, Hi. I'm well. how are you? Good. Um, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank Thank you you for having us. Thank you.
0: Um, So before we dive in, let me give a bit of background about the CFD Summer School. This program piloted last summer and was a super robust two weeks of conversation. Scholars and students and other activists from all over, I mean, we had people from Boston, obviously, but also people from Bosnia and Herzegovina and Serbia who joined us. Um, We all convened in Belgrade to learn about the Balkan forced displacement context. Um, So speaking for myself, I really didn't know much about this context going into the program, but I really learned a ton and was really interested in all the dynamics of this context. What about you two? Did you know anything about Balkan migration going into the program? And either way, like what brought you to the program in the first place?
2: Well, I was aware that a lot of migration goes on in the area, especially because it's close to the EU. A lot of people choose the Balkan route to get to the EU. So I was aware of that. And... But I definitely learned some things I didn't know before about different issues that come along the way, like health and there is unaccompanied minors, et cetera. Those are new things I learned, but I learned a lot more than I came in with for sure.
1: Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Before, um, I didn't really know much at all really. And honestly, I just saw the kind of the messaging of trying to get students to apply and I was like, okay. And, and like after I submitted my application and I knew I would be interviewing in the days or weeks leading up, I was like, you know, I should probably learn some things. And so, you know, I, I did some research and um, all things pretty much pointed to 2015 online um, when there was an influx of people on the move um, from different crises. And so I still didn't really exactly know the role Serbia played in it, or what to expect when I went to Serbia. And even when I was researching Serbia as well, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, I'm like trying to find videos, pictures, I couldn't find much information. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just get in the interview and ask what I need to ask. So yeah, uh, I came in pretty much a stranger to this topic, but I left at least an acquaintance to the topic. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also would say at this point, I'm an acquaintance of um, the topic. I went in, I went in pretty blind. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, what was, like, attractive to you about the program? Like, what about the program when you saw the advertisements made you think, yeah, I want to apply for this?
2: Well, for me specifically, when I was younger, I lived in Kosovo for six years or so. So I was definitely interested in the Balkans area, and my ethnic, my ethnicity also, um, is influenced by that region as well. So that was what first got my interest, and then I looked into further. It was about forced displacement, and in my home state of Utah, as well as in Massachusetts, I did work with, um, immigrants, refugees, and forcibly displaced individuals. So it was definitely something I wanted to look into more. And this seemed like a great opportunity to combine what I do know from my childhood to what I don't know going forward,
1: yeah, definitely. I think kind of the same sentiments in different ways. um one thing that was attractive to me or attracted me and like was interesting was the topic of forced displacement, although like directly, I can't say like I have experienced it my my ethnic background of being African-American um, has a lot to do with it. So the whole reason I'm even in America is because somewhere down the line someone was forcefully displaced due to enslavement and that's how we now have my people group. So I just want to learn more about what forced displacement looks like, um, how do these things occur, what are the causes of it, and How does it impact the people that are actually directly impacted by it? What did the people that came before me, what did they go through in some sense? And so um, that kind of indirect relation drove me to learn about the struggles of others that are facing forced displacement currently, whether it be for different reasons or the same reasons. And so um, that's what I put in my application. That's what kind of piqued my curiosity and also my personal connection to the topic. And so, yeah, that's what I went in wanting to learn and wanting to get a closer look at so I could also learn more about myself through it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, like that makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, going into it with, especially with this personal connection for both of you, I mean, what were like your biggest takeaways from the program and Um, Are you still, like, learning about forced displacement at all?
1: Yeah, um, I can start on this question. My main takeaway was this is complex. (laughs) Um, There's so many uh, different externalities that come when people are on the move, and there's no clear solutions to a lot of the problems that are created, a lot of the legislation that, like, kind of, aids, but also in a lot of ways makes even more difficulties and even more barriers for people to jump through when they're just trying to seek safety or a better life or whatever their reasons may be for going to the places that they do go. Um, I think uh, from the outside looking in, you know, at first it was just a term, but as I began to learn it, I realized it was more of an onion. It had many layers and, you know, sometimes when we cut deep into it, it made us cry. And it's not really a, a a very lighthearted or happy topic when you really look at the details, the numbers, the experiences, and hear the narratives of people that are impacted by forced displacement. Um, as far as now, I think uh, social media algorithms have caught on to the <laughs> fact that some type of study went on or some type of movement myself towards this topic went on. And so now more and more, and maybe because I'm more um, attuned to the issue is why I I see it more and more, um, whether it be through forms of media or in the news or just in everyday life and, and hearing about the backgrounds of people I still meet to this day. Forced displacement is something that is actually and unfortunately quite common, um, even in The news today, a lot of the things that are going on are causing mass amounts of people to be displaced, and those people have to go somewhere. And so whether you're acknowledging it or not, it will continue to happen. And I believe it's in my best interest to stay informed and to stay empathetic to the many lives that are impacted by this topic of forced displacement.
2: The analogy with the onion is brilliant. Like, I was <laughs> going to say the same thing. That was an incredible yeah, analogy. Thank of, you. Like, a really like analogy. Because like, there, there are just so many layers to the onion, like you said, that I just was shocked, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And we learned about all these things in so many different pers- perspectives. We had like artists, we had academics, we had NGOs, we had geos. So we definitely got exposed to different viewpoints to the same issue.
0: Yeah. No, they're, they're really so many layers to force displacement as a whole but like especially in this context because there's also such a complex historical background that has a lot of you know contributions to the way that the context is playing out and the way Mm -hmm. that um the states are reacting and the way that the individuals are reacting and so i mean for me that was definitely something that was really really evident um was how important the kind of history of the region was, um, when you're understanding the way that all of these different um, these, all these different layers, Hall, that you're talking about.
2: And also like you know, this entire topic also made the issue more human. Now, I wouldn't even call it an issue because it happens, people have to move. Like people don't want to move, but they have to. Like their situations push them. So it kind of made it more human because, in our news, we usually hear like numbers, stats, which kind of takes a human out of the picture, mm-hmm. but those numbers are the humans, so this brought a new layer that is important to consider when looking into force displacement,
1: yeah, definitely. like like I said, at first, it was just a term, but um, it eventually became much more than that. like we've had we had people in front of us telling the, us their actual stories of how. Um, They migrated oftentimes by foot or by boats Mm. that were barely even uh, like having any buoyancy. Like um, it was it's just so many narratives of such dangerous feats that people a lot of times had to go through. And I think a lot of times there's this notion of, well, people just people have the option to leave. But a lot of times you don't have the option. You just have to go and see where you end up. And yeah, a lot of times when you see the numbers and you see an article, it's easy to simplify it in your mind or not to think much of it. Mm -hmm. But if you see something like one million people were displaced, imagine today you were in your home and suddenly you have to pack up everything you can, which might be nothing more than a suitcase and by foot travel to the next country, wherever you may be. That might be far, that might be close, that might be by water, that might be by boat, that might be by plane, if you can even get on a plane. And if you don't do this, your only other option is either an immediate or elongated struggle and death. So it's just like, it's made me very empathetic in a lot of ways, and it's made me consider my own privileges and um, commodities I enjoy every day without ever having to think about it. I think this showed me how how real life is for some people and how extreme it is for some people in our world that that walk the same halls that we do, uh, sit in the same restaurants we do, and um, you would never know unless you took that deeper look.
0: Yeah, I, I really feel what you said about kind of, you know, realizing your own privilege. That's definitely something that I was, you know, thinking about a lot over the two weeks. I think especially when you think about the fact that, you know, the majority of displaced people don't want to leave. They don't want to leave their homes. They have mm-hmm. history and they have family and memories in their homes. And it's 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 really so unfair that, you know, the world just kind of put them in the situation where they have to make the decision to stay and face peril or go and, face peril I mean (laughs) and like it's in the name too
2: forcefully displaced they were pushed out by force whatever that force may be exactly
0: yeah one really unique thing about the summer school was having students attend from so many different backgrounds um both in discipline and in culture and I mean I felt that that really made for some at times really interesting conversations and you know thinking about Things that I personally wouldn't have thought about with my background. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did how did this um, impact your experiences?
2: It was a very positive experience in my opinion because um, I knew there would be other students from other countries there. but I didn't really think differently. I was like, they'll just be they'll just be they'll just blend in with the rest of us. But they had different experiences coming from the Balkans themselves, and a lot of them um, did work with refugees and immigrants from their countries. So they had a lot more direct experience talking to the people that go through the Balkan route. And we would hear about their experiences working with those individuals before class, after class and and within class. So they added a lot to our experience during the summer school.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. all the students that were there were very passionate. They were very well-versed. They were able to provide guidance when things seemed unclear. And they also furthered the conversation in a lot of areas where if it had just been amongst us, it probably would have been silenced or um, there wouldn't have been questions asked that needed asking. Mm-hmm. The students were extremely knowledgeable, extremely welcoming, and also they'd they grown up in these areas. Yeah. They, were, um, they were people that had, had their whole lives impacted by the the um, side effects, sort of, of people on the move and forced displacement, even as citizens in their own country. So it was an interesting pers- perspective to hear. And it was also, it's always amazing to meet people from other cultures because yes, other cultures are extremely different, but it's also refreshing to see how similar humans are, and um, how easily we actually can connect to one another. And I think meeting people from from the Balkan region showed me exactly that. We liked a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we watched a lot of the same, same shows. Like we the wore same a lo- people, yeah. yeah, we wore the same clothing. We had a lot of the same hobbies. And yeah. I think it was really refreshing because sometimes topics such as these forced displacement, it's, it's very polarized. Like. Um, a lot of times people will want to highlight and really focus on, oh, these people are so different from us. They they shouldn't be here and uh, kind of take out the fact that at the end of the day, we're all humans. And no offense, humans are pretty predictable. And <laughs> um, mm, in yeah. the modern world, there's really sure. way more. Yeah, the way the human experience is so much more limited. Um, so in more ways than not, we are alike. And I think that was really showed to me through this program, as well as how we can all help each other with our own backgrounds. We're just kind of innately born into, and it was really refreshing to just meet new people and be in a new part of the world with a a different culture.
0: Yeah. And on that note, I mean, were there any moments of connection that stuck with you or any like specific moments from the program that you remember or that um like even if they were small things
1: yeah something pretty small but like um uh, specifically a point of connection was just like one day we're having break um during class and like i go out to sit in like kind of this side lobby and one of the students from bosnia was there and her name was amina and somehow we just started talking about animals mm-hmm. and so she's telling me about her cats and i'm like well i've never had a cat but i've been around cats and we we just get into this long conversation about cats. And so at the end of the conversation, she just says, yep, good. I enjoy this. And so I was like, yeah, me too, actually. And it's like the unserious topics on similarities and, and shared passions are really what build connections and bonds. You know what I'm saying? And you know, from that day on, we, we kind of stuck together. We would have many more conversations building off the the relationship we started to form with that one about cats. So um, that's something that just stuck with me in, in all avenues of life. And um, as I navigate my own life and humanity and even more humanity as I'm around more people. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Whenever I go to a new place, I try to look at like, like the cultural similarities from my culture and their culture. And sometimes I would like go to the store and see some like words of some, let's say some fruit, and it would be the same name in like Turkish or quite similar. Oh. Like I would like go and ask my Serbian friends, oh, so this is the same word in your language. Or, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's quite similar. So that was like a very fun topic to talk about with my Serbian friends.
1: Yeah. yeah, at one point you were like reading something. Oh, just yeah. like, really? You knew. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was pretty and impressive.
2: I, w- I would like go to like, we had like some PhD students there as well. And yeah. then they would give me the history about the languages. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then yeah. Like this word is this word. I'm like, oh, it's the same in my language. Wow. Yeah,
1: they were extremely smart. The students that oh, we had. Yeah. So smart. So, so smart intelligent. intelligent.
0: Yeah. Um, also, again, changing gears, I guess. Did you have any expectations going into these two weeks? And did you feel like your experience was different from the expectations you had in any way?
2: Well, I expected it to be a classroom setting where we would be exposed to the people of different backgrounds, like artists, NGOs, GOs, etc. And it was that, but I never realized how much I would learn from my peers. Like, we would talk about these stuff during lunchtime, during breakfast time, during dinner. You would talk about them back when when we went to the student hotel. So... I just didn't consider that being I didn't consider that would be like a big factor in my learning, but it was.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like as I said before, I couldn't find much on Serbia um itself and even going into the experience when I'm trying new things, like for a while now I try to tell myself not to have expectations because I think a lot of times expectations will guide your behaviors and you'll cut yourself out of experiences that you might have been open to had mm-hmm. you not had certain expectations so I really wanted it to be like a, a new um kind of experience for me it was I've never gone this far into Europe I've never really been to this part of the world uh been around these types of of people so I of course had some anxieties I think you'll always have I um am openly queer I am queer presenting I'm also black so Um, Whenever I travel, you know, there's always anxiety surrounding how will I be perceived by these people? How will I be um, treated by these people? And even in my interview, it came up. Um, And, you know, unfortunately, in all areas of the world, there's racism, there's homophobia, there's anti-Blackness. And so I had those thoughts going into it, and I couldn't really find too many Black travelers that visited. (laughs) I found one TikTok, and she was like, y'all, it was cool. So I was like, okay, bet. So I went. And, yeah, it was cool. The people were absolutely welcoming. You know, I get probably more stares here in America than I did over there. Um, they were open to teaching me the, the names of foods and things like that. I had this bread. It was so good. And, like, <laughs> the woman was adamant. She's like, sal moon, sal moon." I'm like, am I doing it right? Am I saying it right? And she's, like, bringing me all these things to try. Um, it was a very welcoming and warm culture. I still think about it. Um, the kindness of the people there. And even when we're walking the streets, kids are walking alone. Um, I even even had a kid come up and ask me for directions. And I'm like, I don't even yeah, You know, I look like I don't. Okay, But but I'm like, I think that says a big it's a big uh, testament of the type of culture that was there. It's welcoming. There is no assumption based on how you look and also, people aren't afraid to ask for help from you just because you look different. And so it was really refreshing to experience that because in a lot of places I travel, that is not my experience at all. So um, I'm I'm happy I was able to feel like people were not mad at my being there just because of my identities. And in fact, I was I felt even more welcomed and accommodated because it was clear that I was different. While this may not be the case for every person that shares my identities in this region of the world, um, it was my own personal experience. And I, I'm really happy to be privileged enough to say that it was, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's really awesome to go to a new place and have that pleasant and welcoming yeah. experience. And I'm really glad that um, both of you felt that way and felt that it was a really, like, positive thing.
2: Um, you loved it, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Um,
0: so going off of that, I mean, what would you want students participating in this program to know? And is there any way that they should prepare or even can prepare?
2: <laughs> well, I think they should maybe look into the history a little bit, like, know what's going on, what countries are around the area, yeah. like, what is the Balkan route, and... Why is that route significant? I think those are like good questions to research maybe. You don't have to know a lot of it because this program is meant to teach you. But of course, I think it would be good to know just some information so you're not there totally blind. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would agree on that. Context, context is important, um, but they kind of fill in the lines to yeah. show you why the context is important. Um I think I would tell students to be open minded um Like we said, like this is a a really different experience. Like um, a lot of the students that were there, they were like, oh, summer schools, these are common. But honestly, I, you know, aside from like literal summer school in America, I didn't know about summer schools and like, you know, specifically taking time in the summer to focus on one particular topic. So just have an open mind and yeah, do your research and um, be involved, stay involved even after you're done learning is what I would tell other people that are interested in programming put on by the center. Mm -hmm. I think the center also has a lot of great people, such as the person hosting um, this podcast today. I'm there now, too. (laughs) Oh, wow. What what the? Okay. Uh, (laughs) Michal has
0: come to the the dark side. Oh, no, no,
1: it's definitely the bright side. So (laughs) uh, look, see, it's playing out even in front of us right now. Another amazing person just let me know they're a part of this center as well. So, so many resources that the people over the trip that organized the trip, they were so helpful. The center itself, um, always making sure that the students were put first and also that the students were made comfortable in an environment that was unfamiliar to a lot of us. So um, I think that you should come in with a level of trust in the people that you're traveling with and it's well-deserved and well-earned from my own experience with the
2: center and traveling with the center. Wow. And it's also, it's also such a privilege to be there for two weeks to focus on a specific issue. Like who who gets the opportunity to focus on migration and forced displacement for two weeks or one week, however long. It's, it's like a once in a lifetime experience to be honest because when yeah. else am I going to, going to get this experience yeah. in my chemistry degree?
1: Yeah, and so many other like, um, things happened while we're on the trip, like we're speaking to UN representatives. We made oh, yeah. a trip to the embassy. A lot of people that had like interest in possibly working um, in that kind of line of work had an a option or an opportunity to do a Q&A with actual members of the embassy there in Serbia and get their questions answered. Like, what internship should I be doing? What mm-hmm. what should I be doing? And so, um, so many other opportunities branched out of this one. Um... There there were times where we went out to dinner together and we had opportunities to party and there were times where we're in class and we had opportunities to then talk to a government official. So it's on both ends of the spectrum and you never know um, the many avenues just putting yourself out there in this one way can take you. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. It was really great to see you both and catch up and chat. Definitely. Um. <laughs> and so um for those of you listening you can read more about both last year's summer school as well as the upcoming session for 2024 on the cfd website which is linked below for more information on the new ideas technologies scholarship awareness and solution identification happening at boston university's center on forced displacement go check out the website www bu.edu slash cfd slash, which will also be linked in the description. This podcast is produced by Boston University's Center on Forced Displacement in collaboration with all members of the team.